Hey everyone, hope you have a wonderful day. We continue, we left off, Psachim, it's 78 on the top, second line. That lists five communal sacrifices which overrides impurity, it does not follow the opinion that the tzitz that the Kohen Gadol wears on his forehead um, appeases Hashem accepts, in a, a, but only al achilas. Yeah, even the parts that are eaten, and if they were in impurity, in a state of impurity. Um, so Hashem appeases the uh, the effect. It affects a, a willingness. Hashem accepts it as part of the carbon, as if it was okay. And Rabbi Yisrael argues. Rabbi Yisrael says, "Ainatzitz al achilas." It's it. It's not meratza on the part that's eaten. It's only the sacrifice itself, but not the parts that are eaten. So So now we thought the Since Rabbi says it's it is not does not affect the willingness regarding the food, the part of the carbon, the food that's eaten. So therefore, he holds like Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Yeshua Svirale. In other words, he's saying that you can't sprinkle the blood unless you have you have the meat. Meat's got to be there. If it's lost or if it's, uh, then it's not there, you can't sprinkle the blood. So too, if it's impure, so therefore, if it's impure, so therefore also, just like if it's lost, you can't, sprinkle the blood so to here since it's impure and the tzitz is not meratza because we said that it's only pushed off the impurity is pushed off it's not not that it became suddenly permitted so you need a special uh, you need the tzitz to be meratza should affect the willingness Hashem should accept it so since Hashem does not accept the willingness so therefore the food is not here it's no longer here so I can't sprinkle it so how do you offer all these sacrifices so when the Mishnah says you offer the sacrifice in a state of impurity, you cannot follow the opinion of Rabbi Yezi. The answer is, Rabbi Yezi, Rabbi Yezi, Rabbi Yezi, holds, Rabbi Yezi, who holds that the tzitz is not meratza and food, will hold like the opinion of Rabbi Yezi, who argues with Rabbi Yeshua. That you can sprinkle the blood, even though there is no meat, even if the meat is lost, you can sprinkle the blood. So therefore, even though the tzitz is not meratza, doesn't affect the willingness regarding the, the meat, so fine. So it's as if the meat is not here, but still you can sprinkle the blood. That's the case. So what practical, what practical difference does it have when you tell me that the tzitz, that the Kohen God wears, doesn't affect the willingness regarding the food? What do I care? It doesn't matter. Because even if there's no food, I can still sprinkle the blood. What's the difference? Anyway, I can't eat from it. It's impure. So whether the tzitz is meratza, tzitz not meratza, why do I need the tzitz to be meratza? There's no need for it. Even if, it, even if it's impure and it's gone, even if it's lost, it's burned, I can still sprinkle the blood. So what's the practical difference? If you're telling me that the practical difference is that since, since that you need the meat to be present in order to sprinkle the blood, and therefore you hold enat tzitz meratza, therefore you can't sprinkle the blood. But if you're telling me it doesn't matter, even if it's lost or burnt, I can sprinkle the blood. I don't need the tzitz to be meratza. What are you telling me? It is Meratza, not Meratza. Who cares? And if it's not, what difference? It makes no difference. What's the practical difference? Sigmar says, wait a minute. A little time according to you. According to Rabbi Lezard, Rabbi Lezard who holds Hatzitz Meratza. 
So according to he himself, keeping the armor dam, Abishamad Abelazar himself holds that you can sprinkle the blood even if there is no even if there is no meat. The meat is lost. So who cares if the tits is Why do I need the tits to Why do I need the special effect that the tits makes effectively Hashem accepts it willingly? Who cares? And if it's not, it's still I can still sprinkle the blood. Either way I can't eat the meat. So what's the difference? You have to explain. How are you going to explain Abelazar? You have to explain Nebuchadnezzar for two things. There is a practical difference for two things. Not in relation whether you can sprinkle the blood or not. No, there's a, there's, there are other issues. Two issues, which this makes a practical difference. In order for a carbon to be disqualified as pigal, when the Kayan has the wrong thought, he's going to eat it or he's going to sprinkle it in the wrong time, and then the whole carbon becomes disqualified, yeah, yeah. right? So it's only if there is no other extraneous thought. This is the only thought. If there's any other extraneous thought, then the thought of pickle is not effective. So therefore, if there's another impure, if there's another problem here, if, if it's impure and the tzitz is not meratza, so then it can't be pickle. If you say that tzitz is meratza, then that turns the whole sacrifice in, into a kosher sacrifice. So since the since the the tzitz makes the sacrifice into a, as if it's pure, since it affects that Hashem accepts the sacrifice if it's impure. So therefore, a pure sacrifice, if you have the wrong intent, it disqualifies the sacrifice. And if you release from the sacrifice, you would get cutters, you would get the strict penalty of cutters. So that, that, that's one practical difference. Another practical difference is lafukim de mi'ila. When do you, if you use the sacred sacrifice or anything that belongs to the, to the temple treasure, if you use it for your own personal use, it's mila. It's like it's like the treachery against the king, and and he's a, yes, stealing from the temple. When when do you violate that? Only, only until the blood is permitted. Once the blood is sprinkled, and then you're allowed to eat the meat, then there's no there's no mila. Then it's allowed allowed to eat it. Pass going on, sir. Yeah, Then 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 you're allowed to eat it. So he says that tzitzis meratze makes the food as if as if it was okay. And therefore, even if you use it now for your own personal use, there's no meal. Before the sprinkling. No, no, after the sprinkling. But after the sprinkling, but it, but it, the tzitz is meratza, Hashem accepts it, it affects the willingness as if as if it was pure. And therefore, now it's no longer meal. So that's Rabbi Lezer's opinion. That's Rabbi Lezer says. Rabbi Lezer says the tzitz is meratza, not in relation to the question whether you can sprinkle the blood or not. It doesn't matter. Even if, even if the tzitz is not meratza, even if, the, if it's lost or, or burnt, you can still sprinkle the blood. That's not an issue. The issue is, is it, is it me'ila or not? Or is it pigle or not? That's the issue. So he says it's, it's his meratza, so therefore it is pigle. It could, be, it could become pigle. And once it sprinkles the blood, you're okay. It, it, there's no longer any me'ila. And Abelaz and Abiyasi argues Abelaz is over Medatzit Tzitzi Loyu Mashvelikitoyer Umashvelikitoyer Vekavalevi Pigul. Says Lamai is unlikely Pigul Afukim Dei Milas Abelaz is over Medatzit Tzitzi Loyu Mashvelikitoyer So Kitoyer is like Toyer. So therefore, it it could be Pigul. Could become Pigul. Vekavalevi Pigul Umapiglemi Dei Milas No longer Mila. It's as if it's Toyer, as if it's pure, and the blood was sprinkled, and now now there's no longer any Mila. 
But Rabbi Yaisi Savalimarat says, Sabrili I'll tell you Rabbi Yaisi does hold like Abu Lezer. Our mission does follow Rabbi Yaisi. Rabbi Yaisi does holds like holds holds like Rabbi Lezer. That you can bring these public sacrifices even though you can't you, because even though you can't eat it, it's it's, it's not Maratza, it's no no different than if it's lost or, or, or burnt and still no you can sprinkle the blood. It's, that, that, it doesn't hold up. It's not a hold up. But he says that sits is not meratze, and therefore will marshal like a toy. It's not like toys, so therefore will cover with a pigle. It can't have any pigle because there's another disqualification here. Pigle only works if that's the only sole disqualification. If it's solo, it, it can't work with any other disqualification. You have another disqualification. It's impure, and it sits does not affect a, a willingness from Hashem. And will mapuk it never left, it never, right, the blood never uh, permitted this, uh, this meat to be eaten. So therefore, if you use it for your own personal benefit, you have me'ila, and you have to bring a carbon, you have to pay the principal, plus the fifth uh, on top of it, quarter on top of it. Sorry. Even according to you trying to say that Rabbi Yaisi holds so these sacrifices, okay, I can understand. He could dump. Because I can stand that why the Mishnah, you're saying our Mishnah goes like Abeles. So the Mishnah says five things. So he mentioned sacrifices, right? The the the, the Shalmit Sibur and the Siddhi Rasha Khadashim. So sacrifices I can understand. Because you have the blood, and therefore you can sprinkle the blood even though the meat is impure and the tzitz does not affect the willingness. Fine. Oimer, the oimer itself, not the sacrifices that come with the oimer, we're talking about the oimer, the oimer itself, the flour of barley, ika koimets. You have the koimets. And the koimets you can bring, it's the koimets are the equivalent of sprinkling the blood that's offered on the altar. So the, even though the leftovers is impure, it doesn't matter, I can still bring the koimets. But lechem upon, lechem upon him nami, ika bazichen. The, the weekly bread, the shrew bread, which they take off every Shabbos. So you la- it overrides Shabbos, even if it's in case of impurity, because he could bazichin. The bazichin was, uh, was the incense, the two spoons of incense that was on the table all week, and then you would take that. That was the only part that you burnt on the altar. So that, over- that doesn't matter that the bled- bread is impure, and you can override. The two breads, is nothing, nothing on the altar. There's nothing on the altar. There's not, nothing that's done on the altar. The two breads are eaten, or shavuos, are eaten. So therefore, what do you mean, over, how could it override Shabbos? If it's impure, it's impure. And you say that, you say that the, 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 uh, the tzitz is not meratzah, so it remains in impurity. So how could, how could you lift it up? How could you do a service with it? And if you're going to tell me that the Mishnah means, not the bread itself. We're not talking about the bread, there's nothing you do. You can't lift up the bread. The bread is impure. We're talking about the sacrifices that come with them. That's Shalmet That's the only Shalmet The only communal sacrifices that's a Shlamim is the only one of the, of the, the sacrifices you bring with the Shtei Alechem, with the two breads. So you already mentioned that's one of the five. So another one is the bread itself. But the bread itself, if it's impure and the tzitz is not meratza, so how could you lift it up? How can you do an avayda with it in the, in the temple? Any part that has to do with the mizbeah that, that you said, Rabbi Lezer says, one has nothing with the other. I can do whatever belongs to Hashem. I can do the service on the mizbeah, even though the leftovers and the rest is impure. 
But here there is not. There's nothing I'm doing in the mizbeach. The only avoda is: Am I allowed to lift up the bread or not? Well, if the bread is impure, how am I allowed to lift it up? How am I allowed to do an avoda with it? How does it override Shabbos? Or, or in a state of impurity? Nothing with Shabbos. How? How in a state of impurity? Can you make a koyim tamei? You mean? No, I can't do an avoda tamei in the base of mikdash. It's avoda. I'm lifting. Maybe I don't need a special. Shit. He's saying it's a special thing that overrides Shabbos. Just like it overrides Shabbos, it overrides Tumah. How could it override Tumah? You're not allowed to do an Avaid in the base of Megish and Tumah. These are communal sacrifices, personal ones, no problem. In no yeah. way, right? right? Yeah, communal we can override, right? Right, right. Imkain, Havale Arbov, five. Ella, so he revises. He says, holds We must say, holds that Tumma is allowed in Tzibur. It's not Tchuya. If he said Tchuya, the only reason you're allowed to do all of these things is because the Tzitz is Meratzim. The Tzitz will take care of it. I still need the Tzitz to affect the willingness. And then, then he said the Tzitz is not Meratzim food. So if Tzitz is not Meratzim food, so Tzitz is not Meratzim the bread. Tzitz is meratza on the koymet, tzitz is meratza on the dam, on the sprinkling. But tzitz, you said tzitz is not meratza on food. So tzitz is not meratza on food. How could, how could you lift up the I need of... So he says, no, I don't need any tzitz meratza. It's hutra. When it comes to tzibur, it's allowed. Hutra b'tzibur. So therefore, I don't need any tzitz. So even if the tzitz is not meratza, it doesn't matter. I can still lift up, I can still lift up the bread. So when do I need the tzitz? What's the statement? So what's the statement he's saying that tzitz is not meratza? In which case? So it was a, it was a carbon yachid, like after the fact, yeah. When the car, when the kohen gadol is bringing. Whether he's bringing the sacrifice of Yom Kippur or the Paraduma, the King God will be Yom Kippur, and the Paraduma, he has to separate himself for seven days. And each of those seven days, you have to sprinkle on him every day, you have to sprinkle him Kol all the Paradumas that were there, starting with Moshe Rabbeinu. They, they kept the ash of all the Paradumas they had. Every day they were sprinkled in because just in case he did come in contact with a corpse and he didn't even know it, and maybe this is the third day, so they would sprinkle him. And then, then the last days, maybe it's, it's now it's the seventh day. So every day they would sprinkle him. It's the opinion of Ramir. Rabbi says, No, it's not necessary. Amazing love, Shlishi the third and the seventh. He separated for seven days, but if you're in doubt, just sprinkle him the third and the seventh. There's no That's need every single day. It's enough. If you hold, according to Rabbi Yaisi, Tum is allowed, you don't need to affect any special uh, acceptance from Hashem. You don't need the tzitz. What do I need as a? What do I care if he's impure? It's a tzibur. It's a communal thing. The paradum is for the tzibur. The, yeah, yeah. the Yom Kippur is for the tzibur. What do I care? It's hutter. I don't need any special... Wait, hutter with tzibur mean that it, there's no issue? or that it's No issue. It's allowed. No problem. I thought it was a call. What? That means the majority of the community is Tommy. No, that's only for Korban Pesach. No, he so said, he oh, oh. No, but Tzibur, yeah, yeah. The majority of the community, whatever. Tzibur means majority, right? 
Yeah, if the, yeah, if everyone is impure, all the kainim are impure. So maybe it's talking about <laughs> fine. No, no so then hutra. So why do I care if he's tamid? Oh, oh, you're saying if it's a if he's only him. Oh, the tumma. Yeah, but he's the only kain gadol. So was it, if the kain gadol has to do it, or okay, you don't need a kain uh, yom kippur. It has to have a kain gadol. That's why they had a deputy coin gold already in case she got Tommy and they bring him in. And right, and anything that's... They were never allowed to get him and do the service if he was Tommy, never. Especially into the Heiko, no, they were never allowed to get him there. <laughs> They'd have a deputy ready to go. Right, you're saying you always have I an option. That, I you, have an, word, you always have an option. Here you don't have an option. He's a coin Gadol. He's the only one. What, what, what option like, do you, you have? Hutcher means there's a Chamo issue, even if not a no, if you have an option, then you use a kain that's uh, you use a kain that's pure. Uh, use a kain that's pure. Well, why? Uh... Yeah, but here, no matter which kain you're going to use, you have the same problem. Here, you don't have an option. Every kain you're worried, maybe, so it's not going to help you to use another kain. You have the same issue. So he's saying, in this case, the Tzibur, finish. The Tater says, you can't worry about these things. It's allowed. So, I mean, there's nothing you can do, so it's allowed, in period. So the answer is, we have to say, you're right, our mission is not followed, Rabbi Yaisi. According to Rabbi Yaisi, you would not be allowed to lift up the bread. It doesn't follow Rabbi Yaisi. There's no way Rabbi Yaisi, which says, our mission says five things. Not only the sacrifices that come with the Shtei Lechem, even the Shtei Lechem, that, that uh, he says, no, Rabbi Yaisi says clearly that uh, you need, it's not hutra, obviously it's tchuya, and you need the tzitz meratza, and he says the tzitz is not meratza, and eichlin, so it's not meratza, and the shtei alechem, and you would not, it would not override tum. Amleh, Rappapa, Rabbaye, Rappapa said to Rabbaye, now we're going back to the b'raith that we learned yesterday, Rabbi Yaisi, Mezakeh, Shtadah, Rabbi Yaisi, Shtadah, Mezakeh, Lebe, today, how could this, like coming to a judge and saying, you're right and you're right. Mm-hmm. The husband is right, the wife is right. The lender is right and the borrower is right. The borrower says he paid already and the lender says he didn't pay and the judge says you're both right. How could, how could you pay? today. The same shtad, he say he's giving it to both of them. The Tani we learned, the Braisa we quoted yesterday. This argument in Abelez and Rabbi Yeshua, whether you can sprinkle the blood even though the meat is gone and burnt, or whether or not. And Yeshua says he could, Rabbi Yeshua says he can. Rabbi Yeshua says, I see, it, I, I agree with Rabbi Leza when it comes to Zavachim, and I agree with Rabbi Yeshua when it comes to animal, to animal sacrifices. And I agree with Divrei Abelazer by the by the, the flower sacrifices. Divrei Abishur by Menachas. So he explains. He spells it out. Divrei Abelazer is vachim shayim Abelazer used to say da mafishem basa. You can sprinkle the blood even though there's no meat. Divrei Abishur is vachim. I like the words of Abishur when it comes to vachim shayim. He says it means da min basa. It means basa in da min. You can't sprinkle if there's no meat. There's no meat, there's no blood. <laughs> he says, I, I agree with Rabbi Lezer, Dib Rabbi Lezer, but Menachez with the flower offering, I can, I can take the, the, the fistful and then burn it in the altar, even though there's nothing left of the Shirayim. It's gone, laws burn, impure. Dib Rabbi Yeshua, but Menachez, and I agree with Rabbi Yeshua, the same, the same case, and Menachez, and the flower offering, I cannot burn the fistful in the altar unless I also have the leftover. So, so I can make up your mind. Can't agree with everyone. You can't dance in all weddings. Amalei, Mistabra. 
it makes sense. It makes sense when he says He says mistabra kamer. I believe that the kikoy bezvachim on my when he was talking about zvachim the mistabra kehecha the pligi bezvachim pligi nami menachas. He says it makes sense to me. That just, when he was talking about the Zvachim, he said, just like they argue, Zvachim, they also argue by Menachas. When he was talking about Menachas, he says, Mestabra, it makes sense. Even just like they argue in the case of the flower offerings, that's what he was saying. He wasn't saying that I agree with them, both of them. Can't agree with them. He says, I'm saying that they're, that they're arguing also Zvachim. And they're also arguing in Menachas. Right. It makes sense. That when he's learning about Zvachim, so he said that it makes sense that the same argument also applies in the case of the flower offerings. Why <laughs> Because the main pasuk where they argue about zam dams of that you should pour the blood even even if there's no mention of the even if there's no leftovers that talks about sacrifices. So therefore, it makes sense that Yosi has to tell me that it makes sense that the same argument, the same argument, would also apply in the case of a flower offering. So I wouldn't know that from the pasuk. The pasuk they're arguing on is discussing sacrifices, blood. So he has to tell me the same thing would apply also with flour. It makes no sense that when he's teaching Menachas, he says, you know, I think they also the same argument applies in the case. That's the, base of the case of, That's the whole base of the argument. It's not a question. He explains it as follows. Rabbi Yitzhi was saying is, He's dividing the two. The three, the two of them were arguing in all cases, all three cases, all three examples, whether it got impure, it's here, but it's impure, or it was lost or burnt. So Rabbi Yeshua says that you cannot sprinkle, you cannot offer the, the fistful without the other, without the leftovers, without the meat, and, and, Rabbi, Yeshua, and Rabbi Eleazar says he could. So Rabbi Yeshua says, you know, in one case I agree with Rabbi Eleazar, in one case I agree with Rabbi Yeshua. In the case of impurity, that I agree with Rabbi If it's existent, it's here, it just became impure, then I agree with Rabbi Lezer. I can sprinkle, I can go ahead and burn the fistful. If it's lost, it's burnt, it's no longer here, then I think Rabbi Shua is correct. Rabbi Shua makes sense that you can't sprinkle it. There's, there's, no, there's nothing to sprinkle on. There's no sacrifice left. There's nothing here. And I can't offer the, the handful, the fistful, because uh, there's nothing left. Bin Nitma, my time, explains why. Bin Nitma, my time, shouldn't He says, wait a minute. How, why are you making this? How could you make this distinction? Because you can say that if it's here, and it's only nitma. What's the difference? If it's nitma, if it's impure, it's the same as if it's burnt or, or if, it's, if, it's, if it's lost. Why should it be any different? Because in the case of nitma, we say that the tzitz is meratza. That the tzitz that the Kohen Gadol wears is meratza, affects that it's, Hashem accepted as if it's, as if it's pure. 
But Rabbi Yosi, a Shabbat leil Rabbi Yosi ben Simonatze. We just learned at the top of the page. Rabbi Yosi says that this is not Menatze. So how could Rabbi Yosi himself make a distinction between Nitman and Oved and Nisra? What's the difference? All the same. Only we have to revise it now. We have to say it's not a question. And they say, He makes a distinction when it comes to a private carbon. Right, and that's what we was, he was talking about a private carbon earlier. Right, right. only hutra betzibur. When it comes to a to a private a private carbon, then, then I agree with Rabbi Lezer. No, I'm sorry. When it comes to a communal sacrifice, then I agree with Rabbi Lezer. Then you can sprinkle it, even though there's nothing left. But when the rain is Rabbi Yeshua biyachid, in the case of a yachid, there I agree with Rabbi Yeshua, because in the case of a yachid, because in the case of tzibur hutra, if it's hutra, therefore it doesn't matter. But in the case of a yachid, in the case of a yachid, it can be right, right? It's not meratzah, so therefore. My time is from the hutra, from the tumah hutra betzibur. In the case of a tzibur, my time is from the tumah hutra betzibur. Therefore, he also like like Rabbi Lezer. So you might ask, question number one. We heard Rabbi Yosi said. Yeah, where did he hear? We just said earlier that Rabbi Yosi says hutra betzibur. And here we learn clearly in the Braiser, Rabbi Yaisi holds Tumatchuyah Betzibur. Therefore, we have to answer the mission is not follow Rabbi Yaisi. So, how could you say Rabbi Yaisi agreed with Abu Lezer by Tzibur because Tumatchuyah Betzibur? That's question number one. Question number two. If Betzibur, Rabbi Lezer, Rabbi Yeshua, only Rabbi Lezer says it's allowed, not Rabbi Yeshua. Amrit, you said Betzibur, I feel Rabbi Yeshua made it. Yeah, you said even Rabbi Shur agrees on top of the page exactly. Even Rabbi Shur agrees that that that, that hutra, and he agrees with the mission. So there's no argument. So what, what's what's he coming and saying? In this case, I agree with Rabbi Lezer. In that case, if it's Tzibur, even Rabbi Shur would agree. There's no argument. The whole argument is only biyach. Ella, so he revises it again. So we have to explain the roi and the the Rabbi Lezer bediyevin. Rabbi Shua is correct. You shouldn't do it. But if you did it, then it's okay. In fact, wait a minute. The Yavid, I feel Rabbi Shua, not me murder. Even Rabbi Shua agrees after the fact it's okay. We learn Rabbi Shua says that after the fact, Yeah, we learned it. We learned it yesterday. We learn the Brisa, clear Brisa. Nitma Basar Shanifshal, so Yatsuk of Leza Yazadik, Rabbi Shur and Le Yazadik, and Maida Rabbi Shur, Shem Zadik Hurza. Sure, even agrees with the Evid. We learn clearly, but the Evid is okay. But the answer is Habitum Vavisadru. When does Rabbi Yeshua agree that after the fact that's only in the case of Tameh? 
that after the fact we say that tzitz is meratzah. But Ba'avid Vesaruf, as we learn, Kemidas Rabbi Yishur, Rabbi Lezer, even by the Ebed it's possible. Even by the Ebed it's not good. Right, so it's not a contradiction. He says Kemidas Rabbi Lezer Psula is talking about if it was lost or burnt. But if it's if it's a tumma, even even uh, even Rabbi Lezer, even Rabbi Yeshua agrees that the Ebed it's okay. Ba'avid Vesaruf like. So when he says, you're right, when he says, Rabbi Yesi says that I agree with Rabbi Lezer, that Hatchila, you're not allowed to. Oh, so you might answer, no, Rabbi Yesi, and he said, Rabbi Lezer, but the Eved, means with the Eved, but he's talking about Ba'avid Vesaruf. Only in the case if it's lost, if it's lost, or. That it's okay, he's talking about if it's lost or burnt. And I hold like Rabbi Yeshua after the fact. I follow Rabbi Yeshua. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I follow Rabbi Yeshua. You shouldn't, in all cases, you shouldn't, you shouldn't uh, um, offer the sacrifice. In all cases, you shouldn't sprinkle the blood. But with the Eved, with the Eved, I say the law follows Rabbi Lezer. If you've done it already, then we follow Rabbi Lezer. But he asked, what do you mean? I, I, I'm sorry, then we followed Rabbi Shua. I'm sorry, then we followed Rabbi Lezer, it's okay. But he says, what do you mean? But the Ebed even Rabbi Shua agrees. So what do you mean you followed Rabbi Lezer? He says, no, Rabbi Shua only agrees in the case of Nitma. But what if it's lost or stolen? Rabbi Shua doesn't agree. Rabbi Shua says, even with the Ebed, even after the fact, it's not valid and you can't spring, it, it's not good. And he says, in this case, I followed Rabbi Lezer. But the Ebed, in this case, I followed, I followed Rabbi Lezer. No, because it's not chile. Not coin to blaze. I can do the chile. Okay, very good. Okay. <laughs> you know the whole thing is though. Rabbi Yossi is playing. Like the Helga Mishnah, nitma basa v'chal, but nitma bas. If the meat of the carbon becomes of the of the carbon paste becomes a tamei, the chaliv kayim, but the chaliv that you offer on the altar is still here, and it's not tamei; it's valid. In other words, it, it, it's good. It's not pure. It's pure. It's not impure, because if it would have become impure, it would be the same as if it's as if it's not here. So the chaliv kayim, it's good to go. I cannot sprinkle the blood because the whole carbon pesach is meant to eat. So if there's no one, if the food, if there's no meat, there's nothing to eat here. There's no seder, then then it's it's invalid. Why does the meat become impure, but the fat remains pure? No, they were separate. They were they were not together. They were separated already. Yeah, yeah, they were separated. After they did the yeah, separation, yeah. Somebody touched exactly, the, exactly, uh, the yeah, fat exactly. No, no, he, no. He touched the meat, the the meat he that's edible. The meat. Yeah, right, I see what you're saying. Someone who has. Ain't But if nit machelev abasa kayim, what if the chelev, the part that has to be offered on yeah. the altar, became tummy? Abasa kayim, the meat you're gonna eat, the carbon pesel is, is kayim, is there, it's pure. Then zedek is adam. It doesn't bother me that there's no meat to offer on the altar. Mm-hmm. I have the meat that I'm gonna eat, the carbon pesel. Mm-hmm. But in, the, in the, all the other sacrifices, it's not that way. The public sacrifice is not the way. Or all the other sacrifices. Even if the party you're going to eat 
became impure, but as long as there's meat something left, something left that I can offer on the altar, then right. it's okay, because the other sacrifices, eating is not right. essential. Here, the entire sacrifice is in order to eat. So if I can't eat it, if the Yisraelim so can't eat right. it, if they can't eat the carbon, then... And yeah, even if the chayla became tamer, we just said, right? Yeah. According to Rabbi Yosef. But he said, but according to Rabbi Yeshua, no, it has to be, it has to, no, it has to be part that's not Tomei. So as long as the Chalev is not Tomei, this is according to everyone. According to everyone, yeah. Yeah, the only stress is it doesn't matter. According to everyone, it doesn't matter if the, the food part is, the, the edible part is Tomei, who cares? According to everyone. So if you have nothing to offer, there's no sprinkling? In the case of a carbon Pesach, there's nothing to, oh, yeah, according to Rabbi Yeshua, there's nothing to offer, yeah. But what if you went ahead? The mission is telling you, don't sprinkle the blood. But what if you went ahead and just sprinkle it anyway? Then Hashem accepts it. And you don't have to bring another carbon Pesach. You did the carbon Pesach. Ah, you can't eat it? <laughs> okay, doesn't matter. You fulfill the obligation. But you have to eat it. How could Rav how could Gidalamadav say that? How could Rav say that? You have to eat it. So he says, the Gemara answers, Achil Rav holds, Achil is not makiv. It's a mitzvah to eat. But if you didn't, you still fulfill your obligation to bring a carbon paste. Frek, the Gemara, Vaksiv, it says, in, yeah, that's what Rav says. Frek, the Gemara, Vaksiv, it says, but it says in the Pazuk, Ishl for the Achilai. The Taita says, you have to eat it. So Rav will tell you, the mitzvah. Yeah, ideally, initially, yes, you should. But Lakiv, but it's not a deal breaker if you don't eat it. You can't eat it, became impure. Fine, you still fulfill the obligation of bringing a carbon peso. You don't have to bring a second peso. Peso shame. Right, the mother of Tanya, we learn the Brahis, the Mixas, Milamich, and the Pesnish, those who are counted, those who are designated. You could only offer the sacrifice for those who are designated on the carbon. Yo, Halabithing, Shachtus, Lelem Nuyev. What if I went ahead and offered the sacrifice and I offered it not for those who are designated for the sacrifice? So, I violated the mitzvah. I didn't fulfill the mitzvah, but it's kosher. It's still a valid sacrifice. Talmud Lehmah, the Pasuk tells me, that the shechita has to be on those who are going to eat it. The Torah repeats it twice. To teach me la'akiv, that, that he says again, ish lefi achlet. First he says, Michsas, those who are counted, he only slaughtered those who were going to eat it. So since the Torah repeats it twice, it comes to tell me, it's not only the Chachilim, but the Ebed, after the fact, it's not a kosher sacrifice. He didn't fulfill the mitzvah, the obligation of bringing a carbon bezo. And the Iskash Eichlim Nuyim. The Michsas Nefashah is, the Torah is juxtaposing. The, the count, those who are designated with those, has to be edible. So just like if the carbon has to be those who are designated, and it's not only l'chatchil, even with the evid, without that, it's an invalid carbon pesa. So too, if there's no meat to eat, it's also an invalid carbon pesa. I didn't bring any carbon pesa, I did not fulfill my obligation, even with the evid. How can Rab say it's only l'chatchil? <clears throat> So we have to answer Rav. Rav follows the opinion of Rav Nosson. Rav Nosson holds eating pesos not makos only lechatchil. The Gemara asks, "Hey, Rav Nosson, where, where do you find this? Where do you find Rav Nosson holds this?" 
If you're going to want to say, How do we know the entire Jewish people can fulfill their obligation with one single carbon pesach? says in the plural. the entire congregation. one single sacrifice. One animal. It's not possible. The whole congregation is going to slaughter. You only need one slaughterer. Comes to teach us that Oisoi, besides Shluchim Lalim Kamaisa, but Oisoi, Oisoi comes to teach me that the entire Jewish people can fulfill their obligation with one Pesach. How is that possible? There isn't enough of it to go around. Every Jew to eat, you have to have a Kazayis. One little sheep, one little less than a year old, one little sheep and one little goat, you don't have enough meat to go around for every single Jew. So how could you say that you fulfill your obligation? So Rav Nassim says you fulfill your obligation. So you see, according to Rav Nassim, eating is not, uh, it's not, it's not so critical. If you end up eating, you don't end up eating. You fulfill your obligation. So Rav holds, holds like Rav Nassim. The mother says, wait a minute. Dilma Shai, perhaps, shiny awesome, there's different. The imam, because there potentially, potentially every Jew can eat it. How? The imam, first these Jews are appointed in the carbon, and then they withdraw. And then someone else is appointed. While they're appointed, potentially they have the potential to eat a kazais. So even if they don't end up eating a kazais, it's not even possible. Nevertheless, they fulfill their obligation. Yeah, you have to eat. And here, since potentially, theoretically, every Jew could be appointed in the same animal, you just you just have shifts. Okay, now you're appointed, so when you and then you're appointed. <laughs> so therefore, maybe Ramnasan does require the eating is essential. Where do we see Ramnasan says eating is not essential from this Braisa? If there's a group that designated themselves on this sacrifice on this carbon pace of then they they they, uh, they they withdrew and another group uh, designated themselves on the same animal sacrifice so, no I'm sorry oh, no they, they did not withdraw but then another group also added themselves to the sacrifice the first group that there's enough to go around each one of them gets a kezayas so they eat and they fulfill their, they're exempt from a second Pesach, Pesach Sheni, because they fulfill their obligation. The second group, is not enough to go around. It's all spoken for already. They have, they can't eat. They did not fulfill their obligation. Rabnason argues, they're both exempt from, from accepting, they both fulfill their obligation. Why? Because the blood was already sprinkled for them. And therefore the blood was sprinkled and they fulfilled their obligation even though they can't eat. So we see clearly Rabbi Nassim holds that eating is not essential. Perhaps there is different. The same idea. Theoretically, if the first group would have withdrawn, then the, then the second group would have qualified and they would have been able to legitimately be appointed to this carbon and eat. Mother says, no, Im Cain, if that's the reasoning, listen it, I'm mean, nothing should say, Hoyl ruinly mush. 
he should have said, that's what he should have said. The reason is, it's kosher, why the second group fulfilled their obligation, because since theoretically the first group potentially could withdraw, and then it would be, uh, uh, there would be enough meat to go around for the second group. That's not what he says. He says the reason is because the blood was sprinkled. It doesn't matter. We don't look at the food. The food is not a criteria. All that matters is that the blood was sprinkled and they were appointed and designated on the sacrifice when the blood was sprinkled. And that clarifies the first b'raiser. When Abnasan said that the entire Jewish people could be fulfilled in one single Pesach because since they're designated in this Pesach, even though there's not enough food to go around for everyone, it doesn't matter. They all fulfill their obligation. Because all that matters is So that explains Rav's opinion. So Rav holds like I'm not. The mother asks, What compels Rav to say that our Mishnah follows the one opinion, the sole opinion of Rav and the Mishnah only means and but with the Eved, after the fact, it is a kosher car, carbon pesa. Why not? Let him say the Mishnah follows the rabbis. All the other rabbis that disagree with Amnasan. The clear reading of the Mishnah is maybe even after the fact, it's no good. You didn't fulfill your obligation. What forces you to say that our Mishnah follows Amnasan? Have the mother, because Rav had a difficulty in the Mishnah. Might and why did the Mishnah say you're not allowed to spill, uh, sprinkle the blood? Listen, you should say puzzle. Let him say puzzle. Firstly, it's shorter, it's one word, and it's decisive. Puzzle. No matter what happens, even after the fact, it's puzzle. It's not what the Mishnah says. The Mishnah says don't sprinkle the blood. Now that the food is impure and they can't eat it, they can't be eaten, so don't go ahead and sprinkle the blood. So from this he deduced, the mission is telling us that this follows the opinion of Ram Nasan. Our mission is Ram Nasan. Don't sprinkle it, but after the fact it's okay. How is Ram Nasan going to deal with Ishl Fiyachle? We brought right away that Ishl Fiyachle to Chaisu, they're just like in Limnuyov. If it's not, if you offer a sacrifice and there's no one designated on this animal, it's invalid. Because it says twice. And the Pasuk juxtaposes eating and, 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 and designating. So what's I'm, I'm nothing going to do with that Pasuk? I'm nothing going to I'm nothing will tell you that the Pasuk is telling me the person has to be worthy of eating. He agrees. If the person is not, if all the people designated to the sacrifice are impure, they can't eat, then it's an invalid sacrifice. They're not circumcised, is there? No, no, we're talking about if they're impure. Here, they're pure. They're pure. The meat became impure. Oh. That's what he's arguing. If the meat became impure, that, that, then it's not, it's not essential. If they are impure, then, then, then it's an invalid sacrifice. And it's the equivalent of, that's what the Pasuk is, is juxtaposing. And it's the equivalent of, of offering a sacrifice and no one is designated in the sacrifice. Of course it's invalid. But if they are pure, just the meat is impure, he says it's not essential, so you won't eat the meat, so what? It's a valid sacrifice because they are pure. Which opinion is, is, is the following Bryce? If they slaughtered for those who are going to eat the carbon piss. But they sprinkled the blood. 
And when they sprinkled the blood, they had a mind, the Kayan had a mind, for those who are not, who can't eat the carbon. The Pesach is valid. Because all that matters is by the Shechita. It's only the Pasuk only says when you slaughter it, the Chaisu. When you slaughter it, you have to make sure, you have to have a mind that has to be for those who could eat it. Not for older people who can't eat, or sick people, or not for people who, who, uh, who, are, not, who are not designated. But so it doesn't matter if I slaughtered it properly, and even though when I, when I sprinkled the blood, I had a marsh, it doesn't matter. The question is, Keman, according to who does this follow? Name Maybe this is the opinion of Rabnasan that eating doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Even though somebody said he said just actual eating is not active. Taisvah says that he slaughtered, he means to say, while during the slaughter he had a mind to sprinkle. To sprinkle for those for those who can't eat. So when he said, oh, one second. So when he said it's kosher, it means he can't eat the meat. You cannot eat the meat. You can, you can sprinkle. You can go ahead and sprinkle. And you sprinkle, and the Pesach is valid, and you can burn the fat that belongs on the altar that you can burn, and you fulfill your obligation, but you can't eat it. So the question is, how could you fulfill your obligation if you can't eat it? According to the rabbis, if you can't eat it, you don't fulfill your obligation. The whole Pesach was meant to eat, even by the evidence, no good. So how could you fulfill your obligation? How can you say the Pesach is kosher? If I can't eat it, it's not a kosher Pesach. And if I don't fulfill my obligation, if he says you, it's a kosher pesach to fulfill the obligation, it must be the opinion of Rav Nassim. It's the parts offered to Hashem that are okay. Pesach is it has to be eaten. It's not like any other sacrifice. Right, but other parts of the animal that go. No, to so then, then no. If it's not valid, then you, then you shouldn't. It's not a kosher pesach. Uh, don't burn those parts in the mizbeach. You have to burn right, those. Okay. And he didn't fulfill the obligation. He has to bring a, 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 a pesach sheni. I have to say that our this brayser follows the opinion of Rav Nassim. What he's saying is, you're allowed to eat it. He's saying that Eichlin, the only disqualification of slaughtering it, of bringing, offering the sacrifice for those who can't eat, is only when you slaughter it. By, by sprinkling it, it doesn't matter. It's like water off your back. It doesn't mean anything. Therefore, you could eat it. So I'm eating it. So it's a, no problem. I can eat it, and it's a kosher Pesach, and it's a valid Pesach, and according to the rabbis, everything is good. We just finished saying that even, how, could, how did he want to explain it to Rabbi Nos? That even though you can't eat it, nevertheless, it's a valid Pesach, it's a valid carbon, and you can offer the parts on the altar, and, you, and you're exempt from a Pesach Sheni, you fulfill the obligation. We just finished saying, Rabbi Nos agreed, admitted, that if the person is not worthy, Eating is not essential. If the, then it is essential. If the food is not worthy, that's fine. But if the person is not worthy, then it is essential. So if he, if he sprinkled it, if the Kayan sprinkled it for those who can't eat it, if the person can't eat it, then, then, then even according to Amnazin, it, it should not be, it should be invalid. So the, the Braitha can't even go according to Amnazin.
According to anyone. And also, what's his question? We we knew already. We already covered this in earlier in the earlier chapters that that the whole invalidation of Shleilech was only by Shchita, not by Zerika. So why all of a sudden? Why all of a sudden would I think that there is Machshavas Eichlin Bezrika? According to everyone, it's it's no problem. We know that already. So Taisus says. Therefore, Taisa has a whole different explanation. Taisa says that what he means that the blood was sprinkled. Not that the Koyan had a mind to sprinkle. That we know already that having a mind when you sprinkle doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He means when the Koyan sprinkled, the owners of the sacrifice, those who were designated sacrifice, were sick. They became sick. Between the Shechit and the Diz, they got sick. So there was no one to eat it. So that's what he said. According to Rabbi Nassim, who says, who's lenient, if the meat is impure, if the meat suddenly is, is no longer available, the person is, is ready to eat, but there's no, nothing to eat. Right. So he's lenient. So therefore we can say that even though the owners became disqualified, right. when do you say the owners are disqualified? Even Abnasan agrees, it's only when they're disqualified by the time of the slaughtering. But if between the slaughtering and the zirika suddenly they became disqualified in the middle, in between, then it doesn't matter, we could be lenient. It makes sense that Abnasan would be the one who's lenient. But according to the rabbis who are strict, they're saying even if the meat if the, if the owners are okay, they can eat, they're ready to eat, they're, they're capable to eat, but suddenly something happened to the meat. And they said it disqualified. So it makes sense that according to the rabbis, even though the, the, everything was okay, 100% okay, when during the slaughtering, but if between the slaughtering and the zirika suddenly something happened and the owners are disqualified, surely the rabbis would be strict in this case. So this Bryson must follow up Nosen. And that's what he said. So that's the what the answer is no, even goes according to Chamim. But Emachav is Eichlin Bezrik. That he means to say that there's no that he had a mind. Well, if it's meant to be eaten, the Paschal lamb, then you obviously kosher slaughter is the key element in the whole thing, right? Who does the following Brayza follow? You learn the Brayza. He was sick in the time of the slaughter. He couldn't eat. V'chalim. He was healthy. V'shazrik. When the time it came to the sprinkling, he, he had a quick recovery. He went to Phil and he got, he gave him some medicine. He was he was recovered. Or Chalim b'shashchita, he was healthy b'shashchita. V'chaylu b'shazika, he got sick in the middle. In shoychdin v'zedik alav, you don't slaughter and you're not allowed to sprinkle. Chalim b'shashchita shazika, he has to be healthy throughout. From the slaughtering all the way till after the sprinkling. <laughs> Rabbi, according to Rabnasan, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because according to Rabnasan, as long as he was fit, and even though later on he got sick, it doesn't matter. You should be lenient. If you're lenient, like we said, like I said, if you're lenient, if you're lenient in the case of if the meat, if there's no meat to eat, as long as he's fit, so since he was fit and everything was okay, a okay, was and later on, okay. yeah, then it should be good. So I think mother no, I feel the same. Maybe I'm not in hold that when we say that the person has to be fit, it has to be throughout. Even Mishazirika, he also has to be fit. It's not, it's not so far fetched to say that. 
You're just assuming, well, maybe he's lenient. No, maybe not. According to who, this is the following, but I saw, the rabbis learn, when you slaughtered the, the owners, the designated ones were pure. And then they became impure before you had a chance to sprinkle it. So you sprinkle the blood, Betada. Uh, I guess the Koyan who sprinkled it should do it in a state of purity. But you're not allowed to eat it. Right. While you're impure, right? Right. They can't eat it because they became impure. Whose opinion is this, but the meat is not allowed to be eaten because the tummy you have to burn it. It's an argument. And this is the opinion of Rabnasan. In other words, Rabnasan does not require, according to Rabbalazar, Rabnasan doesn't require the owner to be fit to eat the meat. Even though the owner is not fit, you just said. We just finished saying Rabnasan, the previous Brais, uh, Rabnasan holds that the person has to be fit throughout, throughout the Shrit and throughout the Zerika. Now he's saying no. Maybe Rabnasan, when Rabnasan agreed that the Pasik says that the, the person has to be fit, is only Shrita. But Zerika, it doesn't matter. And therefore he says it's, it's a kosher Pesach. Only Rabnasan would say it's a kosher Karm. Even though the owner is not fit. So therefore the whole Pesach should be invalid. What do you mean it's kosher? What do you mean Yizadik? Yizadik means you're going forward. You're going forward because it, it's, a, it's a good carbon. And it's a valid carbon and you fulfill your obligation. What do you mean the person is invalid? You said when the person is invalid, Rabnasan agrees. No. Since he was valid by the Shechita, even though he's not valid now, it's okay. Rabbi Yechnan Amar, Rabbi Yechnan says, no, I feel the tamer, Rabbi Yechnan says, no, really, this Bratz could even follow the Rabban. How could you go forward? How could you say he fulfilled his, his obligation of a carbon Pesach if he's invalid? We're talking about it here, but we're talking about it. Everyone is telling me the whole congregation is telling me. So, firstly, if it's so firstly, if it's if it's why do you need a why do you need a koyan who's tired to do it? If it's tibur, then you just you just do do it in a state of impurity. Yeah, why, why, why a dambatada? Why is Zodiac a dambatada? Okay, because mother asks, mother asks, so why can't you eat it? You said if in the case of impurity, not only could you bring the carbon Pesach, the whole purpose of carbon Pesach is to eat, you'll have to eat it in Tumah. So mother says, Gezeda decree, really biblically you are allowed to. But the rabbis made a decree, maybe the owners will become impure after Zerika. The will say, Last year, didn't, weren't we impure and nevertheless we ate it? So we should also eat it. In other words, even in a state of impurity, you can eat it. They won't know. Last year, Kizrak Dam. When they sprinkle the blood, Bailen Tameim have it. When they sprinkle the blood, the owners were impure. 
last year, yeah. Hashta Bailam paid him how. This year they were pure and then they went and became impure. So it depends when the community became impure. Right, right. When does the Torah allow you to eat in a state of impurity only if they were impure before the sprinkling? Mm-hmm. When the Avaida was done in a state of impurity. When the Avaida was done in a state of impurity, so if they became Tame before the Zerika, and the owners were Tame, then you're allowed to eat it. Hmm. So you're talking from the beginning. Right, but if that Veda was done purely, and later on the community, then the Nazi died, there was a funeral, the Nazi died, and everyone became Tame, then you can't. You can't eat it. It's only a, when, the off, when it's offered in a state of impurity, then you can eat it in a state of impurity. But they won't know the difference. So next year, the, the Nazi will die afterwards, they'll say, hey, doesn't matter. If you're a simple person, you won't make this subtle that distinction. Is, well, it depends when. No, the entire congregation is impure. We all went to the big funeral in Yerushalayim, and and uh, now we can go eat. Now carbon pays us. Therefore, the rabbis made a decree. But therefore, he says he allowed to that. But even though the rabbis didn't allow you to eat it in the state of impurity, with this gazeta when the congregation became impure between the Shechita and the Zerika, but they allowed them to sprinkle and go ahead. Because biblically, you, it's okay. Biblically, it's a good carbon. You're allowed to eat it biblically. So therefore, you can go ahead and... And, um, and that's why maybe they say you should do it betara. That's why they say you should do it betara. If you were going to eat it in Tumma, so then, then who cares? Do everything in Tumma. But since the rabbis say, no, we're allowing you to go forward and to sprinkle the blood, but don't eat it. The community is not to eat the karbanas. So if we say, find the kayin, if he could, find the kayin who's pure and let him do, let him do the sacrifice. Because as long as potentially you can eat it, it's fine. Even, even if you don't, look, factually you didn't eat it, it's fine. I, the rabbis say that you can't eat it, but nevertheless, since essentially you could eat it, so it's a good carbon. But you still haven't... According to everyone, what if he didn't eat the carbon? We learned earlier, right. according to everyone. What if he didn't eat the carbon? Right. Uh, he, he slept through the whole thing. Right. Do you have to bring a pace of shaney? No. Once it's done, and it was done properly, it's done. Finished. No, even if no one did. As long as it was done properly, there was, it was designated, they were pure, there was sprinkled, and then yeah, something happened. You fell asleep. You fell asleep like we're family, right? Whatever it was fulfill the obligation. So therefore the rabbis can say that you fulfill the obligation, don't eat it, they made a gzeda. And the bibai say, okay, just another few lines on top of 79a, or I'll give you an answer. Now that he finished discussing the opinions of Rab Nassim and the rabbis, now we give another answer to explain of Gidlamarav. So how can Rab say? How, uh, you said the guy fell asleep, so eating's not essential. No, after, of course, eating is essential, and that's why when it comes to the sacrifice, if there's no one to eat or if it's not pure, then the rabbis say it's not a kosher pesa. Oh, right. But as long as it was done properly, and then you didn't eat it after the fact, you still fulfill your obligation. Oh, okay. So he says, why? Uh, so he's explaining Rab's ruling. Rab said. That if the meat of the Pesach becomes tummy and his blood was thrown, it's accepted after the fact. You boys say, Rav holds like Rabbi Yeshua. You know what? Actually, we'll stop 